0: And welcome to the first episode of Real Trees, Real Talk, Why Nova Scotia Loves Real Christmas Trees. My name is Jillian Blackburn from the Christmas Tree Council of Nova Scotia, and I'll be your host for this series, where we will be interviewing several Christmas tree producers throughout Nova Scotia. We will be discussing the ins and the outs of the Christmas tree industry. We'll be giving some tips on how to select the perfect tree for this season in your home and for sales. And some of our growers will be telling us some entertaining stories from their experiences in the industry. Be sure to tune in for the whole podcast series to digest knowledge from our community this holiday season. Joining us today is Jack Wenzel, who owns and operates his family farm, Pear Lake Farms in Lunenburg County. Jack has been in the industry since the mid-70s and mainly exports balsam fir trees and wreaths while saving a few for his neighbors. Welcome Jack to the first episode. We are super excited to have you on the first podcast of the series.
1: Oh, I, I thank you, and uh, it's uh, my pleasure to uh, be a part of this, and uh, this this is an interesting story, the, Christ, the story of the Christmas tree industry in, in our uh, province, and uh, I'm only too happy to share a little bit of information about it.
0: So we'll get right into it. We'll uh, start with our first question for you here today. For the consumers and your friends in the industry, as a Christmas tree farmer, can you describe your job for me? and what are your main duties and tasks, and are they consistently changing or are they very similar day to day?
1: It's twofold, really. My job, of course, it has two parts. It, it has the production end of it. Then there's the uh, the management end of it. On the production side of it, there are different duties on that throughout the year. There There's work to be done in the spring of the year with fertilizer and things of that nature. Later on in the summer and fall, then you are busy shearing for right up until harvest time. And then, of course, there's harvest time. That That's uh, the different uh, areas of uh, work and the uh, production side of it. Something that, that we are becoming more involved of now is the marketplace. That didn't, we, Years ago, we just worried about producing the trees. Uh, there were big, a number of big companies in the business like Kirk's and some of those. Well, they sort of did the marketing, but as they went away from, from here, why, the Christmas tree farmers, they soon found that they had to start casting an eye on the marketplace and, and finding ways to, to market and see what was going on there. So we've been putting a lot of effort in the on that end of it uh, in later years.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you find there's much of a change in the marketplace with the artificial trees coming into play?
1: Yeah, there is. Uh, that's an area of competition. That's a big area of competition for us. And uh, unfortunately, we were behind the ball a little bit in telling our story. Environmentally, that's another thing that, that's come into play. People are are worried about the environment now, and a lot of people don't understand is that our industry is environmentally friendly compared to the plastic trees that come in here from China.
0: So we're coming into your busy time of year. Some people are starting to export already. I heard September was some of their start dates. Um, And the holidays are sneaking up on us. It's just past Halloween. What are you doing right now to get ready busy time of year? And I think you said you were quite busy this week, so you want to give us a bit of intel on
1: that? Well, uh, we're, we're right on the, the doorstep of harvesting. Some people are harvesting now uh, as we speak. For the offshore markets in particular, right now, the first thing that we are trying to do and and hopefully have uh, have done is uh, ha- our orders. We we are trying to put together the orders that we have because we want to make sure that the balance is there between what trees we have on inventory to ship, the orders that we have. So we're still. I'm sure sure there are still some people doing some final touches on that, but that that's one thing we're doing right now. Now, the other thing is, there's uh, some equipment involved in this harvest business. The maintenance, uh, people are are busy or have been busy in their workshops, getting the tractors, the chainsaws, the balers, and the elevators, and all that stuff with their yearly maintenance on them, getting them ready for action, because uh, you can't cut trees down if you don't have a Something to do it with. No, all and that's, the way a, that's
0: a whole other job, isn't
1: it? Uh, that's another job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it takes a whole year of planning. It's like Santa Claus. It takes a whole year of planning well, to do a couple months of work at the yes, end. You know. and
1: it, it seems to be a lot of things are different. You know, if, you do, if you're do, maintaining some equipment and have to order some new parts, uh, they <laughs> They seem to be slow in this day and age, I hear. A lot of people mm-hmm. complaining that they have to order some parts. that takes two weeks or three weeks or whatever to get here. And so it's uh, almost too late for to have that happen. So I'm sure maintenance has started.
0: Yeah, because some of the waiting time is almost double now. Yeah, it is. Crazy. It is. Yeah,
1: yeah it is. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of complaint about that.
0: Going off of that, so we hear that there's a higher demand of trees this year because... Everybody's doing the research now. COVID has brought out the researchers and the public. And any thoughts on why that is? And have you talked to any of the consumers about why they want Christmas trees now more than ever? Real Christmas trees of that. Well,
1: uh, I think probably I don't talk to a lot of the consumers because I'm exporting to uh, retailers mostly in the U.S. I I sell quite a number of trees to a Another local exporter who ships them out of Ontario and West, but in talking to the customer in the U.S., I think it's it's the inventory of trees for one thing. He tells me that he used to buy Fraser fir along with mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the Fraser Fair supply has gotten very short. And so he's he's looking, well, he bought more trees this year than he has for a while. And he want, he'd he like to have more next year if I have them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that there's, you know, it's twofold. It's it's uh, supply. Supply is not, it's, I won't say there's a shortage, but... There's not an oversupply mm-hmm. in, in my mind. It does not seem to be now. The other thing is too. I think our promotion efforts have have really made a, a are starting to make a difference. We are now part of the checkoff in the United States. If you ship trees into the United States, why you have to uh, send some a certain uh, percentage checkoff. I think it's 15 cents U.S. per tree, mm-hmm. and uh, the, and that goes for pretty well for promotion in the US and it seems as though that, that has paid off because the statistics that that have come out have have shown more people using realtories than uh, than maybe in the last little while. So I I think that a, a a big reason that there's a higher demand is is our promotional efforts and as I mentioned earlier, people are interested in the environment. Mm-hmm. And our message is starting to lean heavily on the environmentally friendly part of our Christmas trees
0: now more than ever right more yeah. than ever, yeah. and
1: I think that that's getting across to help too. Our trees got got a lot of different uses when we 're through with them in the in the in the when Christmas is over, you know I imagine if our feathered friends could talk they'd say thank you for putting." <laughs> Uh, for putting tree out for them to play in and live in for a little.
0: Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> I know some people with goats who love them. The goats, <laughs> yes.
1: There's food there for the goats. Yep. And then sometimes they use them for, uh, to make a bank to along the uh, water's edge to keep erosion away. There's a lot of uses, so mm-hmm. we're... People didn't understand that. Just said, well, you're chopping down a tree. Well, yes, but we're planting and there's no one's taking their place. These are the stories that I think are starting to turn people's away from the plastic a bit and more more for hours. Mm-hmm. People yeah.
0: are starting to think that they have a lot more uses. They have many, many uses of that. and they can. So, so it's no, for it's... aesthetics and it's for yeah. tradition and it's for later yeah. use. And can be mulched. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people yeah. didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a quick advertisement break to promote the Balsam Fur Forum. The Balsam Fur Forum is a membership-based website that includes educational content from over 15 professionals across Canada and the United States. It was developed to help Christmas tree growers learn important skills that will make their businesses grow and be more successful. With your subscription, you can access all the educational content and resources at your convenience when it suits you best for one full year. North American growers from Nova Scotia to Alberta and Alabama to Arizona are taking part. You can join the forum by registering at balsamfurforum.com and finding the links on the Christmas Tree Council social media pages and website. We hope to see you there! What are some tips for a first-time Christmas tree buyer, since people are more interested now, or any buyer at all, to help make their Christmas tree experience the best possible, whether it's A fresh cut off the lot from a U-pick or from a stand in another country?
1: If you're uh, visiting in a U-cut locally, well, that's uh, rather easy to know you've got a fresh one because you can cut it yourself. But it's not that easy when you export trees to all over Canada and the U.S. and whatever. One of the things that uh, will tell you a lot about that tree is the needles. If you have uh, the needles uh, look... uh, i mean an experienced tree grower will i mean just look at him I mean, he he probably can almost tell if it's fresh by just looking but the consumer that haven't haven't buying any well uh, they might or might not be able to tell that, that well but he still can or she can still tell a lot by the needles if you take finger and thumb and you go down the branch of a of a tree and with some pressure and it, when you got to the end of the branch of all you have is a handful of needles <laughs> and none left on the on the branch. Well, then you know that probably is not a freshest tree.
0: No, it's not a great one. No. It doesn't have good genes. That's right. And
1: if if you take a, a needle between your finger and thumb and kind of squeeze it and see how long it takes to break, if it seems real brittle and breaks right away, well, probably it's not the, the freshest tree that's around. There, there's ways like that that you can tell if they are fresh. And uh, most of the the retailers, they they, uh, they want to have your business next year. They're going to try to treat that consumer with respect because if they if they're not fruitful with them and they tell them that they cut those trees at a certain date and they've cut them three weeks earlier or something, why next year that they're not going to. It may not be back. Vendors don't want that. So if you ask the vendor about the time of mar- of harvest, the most of them are going to be fr- frank with you and they're going to st- tell you because they want that business. Mm-hmm. They want it to return. That's helpful there. Now, whether you're a, a first-time consumer or whether you are been at it for some years, there are a few things you can do that will uh, help you once you've bought that tree and brought it home. Many people, they look at a tree mm-hmm. and uh, they don't think it's as, as tall as it is. And they're adamant. Some they're adamant. Sometimes, no, that's that'll win my house. I I, I want that tree. We it, it it would be a lot better if they knew the height, the heights of their ceilings. And uh, there's been many people got them home and had to cut them. Often, you know, yeah. uh, that that's a big problem. <laughs> or
0: uh, width, width too. Yeah. Not just oh, height, yes. <laughs> oh yes,
1: yeah. They want to make sure that that tree that tree may not look as as big as it is when you get it home to put it, bring it through the door and put it in the house. So. <laughs> Okay. A little bit of caution and buying can mm-hmm. save you some difficulty.
0: And you have to account for the stand and yeah. for the topper, yeah. whatever you have on the top. Yeah. yeah
1: and and of course the old the old adage of of uh, a fresh cut on the butt mm-hmm. and and your stand has lots. You keep that watered, and you and you do that. Where you place that tree in the home, not by the stove or or not <laughs> by a, a window where the sun glares in, and all this that can help. An awful lot.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't want to put it by a heat no. source or anything like that. No. no.
1: And now they, mm-hmm. a lot of people have these uh, these sort of these bags that, when you're through with it, you can slide it up <laughs> over the tree and take it out. And there's not a there's not a string of needles going from there to the yeah. to the door. <laughs> so there are things you can do.
0: What's the most important thing that you've learned from being a Christmas tree producer, whether it's how to shear a tree or from the marketplace? I
1: always tell the <laughs> I always tell some of my buddies well. I've been in the tree business since seventy, mid seventies, I guess. I still don't know nothing about it, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's the same as any business. It times change and methods change. You you learn sometimes that you thought you was doing things right, and you weren't doing them right, uh, but, or you aren't doing to the best. Uh, or method. the way somebody else does it. Well, that too. <laughs> you know, I mean, we had. A, we had to follow in one day to the one of the meetings we had from the agriculture college. Glenn Sampson. I, I don't know what he talked there, but anyway, he he had a presentation, and he was talking, and he he talked to us about uh, wheat control. Goldenrod was you know one, and we thought that we all through the years that we were doing. If we did any we try not to do any more spraying than we have to because we're part of integrated pest management. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to use a little. And we thought we were doing it at the best time. And we found out by him, after all these years, we weren't doing it at the right time. And he explained to us why we weren't doing it at the right time and it made sense. Yeah. What he did made sense. So <laughs> You can always learn something. Mm-hmm. Definitely,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: you could always learn something. I guess the thing we have to make, we have to get in our heads, the consumer is always right. It's not the tree that I like, or the consumer. Yeah. And th- those have changed. When we first started in the tree business, we w- we were producing a a fairly big tree, um, sheared tight, and. Uh, that's what the market wanted. Well, and after a while they, that that would have been a number one, heavy sheared tree, hard to hang, had to hang the ornaments on it. After a while they they wanted them lightened up a little bit, basically a number two, not sheared quite so heavy, still quite big, and so you did that. And now over half of our market is going eventually to box stores, and they don't want a big tree. They they want a little, you know, just a smaller tree. They want a decent tree, nice mm-hmm. tree. Or
0: the table toppers, too. Oh, there's yeah.
1: table toppers now. <laughs> but but, but the, uh, over half of my trees that I sell are, are the smaller tree. I love it because they're, <laughs> they're easier to handle, they're easier to load. So mm-hmm. it changes. Now, it cha- and even different areas of your own market... Uh, I have markets with a different demand, of a different, sure, we're selling half of our trees to eventually go to box stores with that smaller tree, but I still have a couple of customers in the U.S. where they sell one a, a little bigger tree, and, and uh, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. you've got different markets. But uh, the main thing is, I think, that you we learned and, and is that the customer is boss. We have to try to produce a tree that suits them the, the smart tree I think that that's that can be a real boon mm-hmm. to our industry as it's it gets its way along
0: are there any funny or exciting stories that you've told over the past years that you've told over and over and over again or, or...
1: well I don't know if I've told them over and over again but there are a few amusing events that do do happen uh, over the years I can remember uh, a not quite a number of years ago we loaded a truck with trees and it, it left here that was an open trailer an open trailer it left here and it started out number 10 towards Middleton to catch the boat well a little bit later we heard how we had a truck upset in the ditch so, oh no. <laughs> so we went up for, to take a look and see what we needed to do well we shouldn't seen what we needed to do we had to come and get some stakes and rope and some extra men and we had to go up and
0: This was a tractor trailer? Yep. Oh, <laughs> oh tractor trailer.
1: And we had to get those there trees out of the ditch. There were the the, the trailer wasn't hurt except the, the stakes, so as soon as we got stakes that was fine. Mm-hmm. Fellow had a local tractor that put the hooked onto it. We got a bunch of men and we started. Well, along after a while everybody got hungry. So <laughs> up the road a little ways was a little well, it wasn't a real big restaurant by any means. It was a little place where you could get a little lunch, you know. And, and I think probably there was probably one man there on duty, and he was making the hamburgers and whatever <laughs> by himself. So I sent one of the, I gave one of the boys some money, and I said, "You go up the road. You get a bunch of hamburgers and coffee." Oh, okay. Well, how many should I get? Well, I said, but the amount of fellows we got here, one hamburger ain't going to do. We've got to have two a piece, so you'll get about 27 hamburgs.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you'll get
1: 27 hamburgs and about a dozen or so coffees. So up he went. Well, he went into the place. It was about time for him to close up anyway, and he was there alone, and he said, can I help you? Yes, he said, I'd like some hamburger and coffees. Oh, okay. Well, how many would you like? Well, he said, "I want a dozen coffees and twenty-seven hamburgers." You want what?
0: Oh my God! Twenty-seven
1: hamburgers and a dozen coffees. Well, by glory, after a while, he came back and he had twenty-seven hamburgers and a dozen or so of coffees. And the men all stopped and had a couple of hamburgers and and uh, had some coffee. And I think ten o'clock that night, we had the load back on his feet. So, oh, my gosh. You know, that, 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 that was comical. That, it wasn't fun down the ditch getting those trees, and, uh, but it was a little a little funny. We had a few laughs over the coffee and hamburgers. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. And all the trees were salvageable? Yes, there was yeah. only,
1: I think, one or two that wasn't hurt.
0: Oh, that's great! Yeah. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the
0: hamburgers and the coffee work; they're magic. Yeah. For that one.
1: <laughs> well, he he, his eyes were start pretty big when he, when they when you know, when they said that.
0: <laughs> well, he got good business that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Them are the things. Them. Them are the things that them were, them were the things that, uh, that happen from time to time. Any yeah. other
0: stories that you'd like to share? Or?
1: Well. well. <laughs> I I can think, and I don't know if I just didn't say the name, but I will (laughs) know. We had a meeting of the council in Truro, there to where the Federation buildings were, there, you know. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it took the rain in the afternoon when we go to go home, so I had to go to the Federation office for something. When I got done there, I come back, and Matt Wright was there, and I said, where's so-and-so? Well, he where to pick him up. He went for a little walk wasn't raining when he went for his walk. Oh no. <laughs> so, all right, so by that time it was pouring, I see. Well, we got in his car and we struck off the road by the way we came in. Didn't see him. <laughs> well, we went round the loop then and said he must have the other way from the college. So, we went round the other road and then come in from the other way. No you see him?
0: No cell phone. Look. Oh, no. <laughs> I said,
1: well, we said he must be in the Federation offices looking for us. Sent Matt in there to look. No, he's not there. Well, we'll start again. So we get out in the main road, the one road, and I look down the road. And I said, Here he comes. And he was just looked like a drowned rat. <laughs> he was soaked from one end to the other. It was raining so hard, and he wasn't happy. Oh no! No, he imagine. wasn't happy. <laughs> well, where was you fellers? Well, where were you? <laughs> well, I was there under a tree. I saw you goodbye. Oh, oh no! <laughs> well, I said we never saw you in there. He showed us the tree, but. Well, he had to get in that car sop and wet and come all the way home. Next day, I was going out by the lungs and I seen Jimmy. I said, you want to hear hear a, a, a good story, a laugh? I said, well, yeah, because he had come earlier. And I told him, well, well, he shook his head because, uh, you know, I don't want to say the man's name because he might not like it, but <laughs> but we had an awful laugh over that. <laughs> yeah, you never, you, you, we've had a lot of fun over the years. We.
0: I imagine. Well, you have to. You have to pass time somewhere in the woods and oh, like around yeah. the road and everything.
1: We yeah. went. We went into uh, something in Halifax. I Don't know what it was. Jim DeLong and John Veal and I come dinner, and we said, "Well, we, I don't know if we went down to the Five Fishermen or Mother Tucker's, but one of them." And it was. A, it was a buffet. Mm. Well, we were all younger then, and we could eat like a horse. <laughs> so we started eating. But I can tell you they didn't shut us off, but they didn't make no money because we, we went back three times with big heap and plates full to to the buffet.
0: All the best stuff, too, all the meat and all the oh, veggies and fruit and desserts. Oh,
1: and. we helped ourselves, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we helped. Yeah, we, yeah.
0: Before we wrap up our interview today, would you like to send a message to your consumers and the other folks in the industry before the holiday season starts?
1: Well, first of all, I want to, I'd like to uh, wish all the other fellows that are producing trees, I wish, I wish them a, a very successful year. I mean, you, you've had a lot of lean years, and this last few years have been a little better. And I, I just hope that uh, to, to them that uh, this year is no different, that uh, everything goes reasonably well and they don't run into too many difficulties and, and it, it goes on to a successful season. To the consumers, I would say that pay attention to the message that goes out from our people and then you will discover that the product you're going to buy from us is, is, is environmental friendly and much, much more environmental friendly than those plastic trees that come from overseas. Between planting and natural regen and seed trees and all that, it's sustainable. What we're doing is sustainable. We've been to Micmac Mall and some of those places with the booth, and we've tried to talk to people that, that stopped by. Now, I remember there was one lady said, well, I don't care if it is or not, but you, I hate to see that tree cut down. Well, that one tree cut down, there's maybe two more come along in its place. And we have to look past that one tree being cut. And I don't know others have the same. We've got land that we've been uh, growing trees on since the mid-70s. And I think we have got more trees in the ground now than we had in the first few years that we started so it works. All I can say is Merry Christmas to everybody and stay away from this virus that's going on (laughs) and happy holidays. Thank
0: you so much for joining us and sharing that and helping us promote the Christmas tree industry. That's that's huge right now, especially yeah. like you said, that's one big thing is yeah. promotion. Yeah. So we really enjoyed hearing your stories and your insights today. I know the community and the customers will too. And I wish you good luck from CTCNS and I hope you have a great season. Awesome, thank you very much. The next episode of Real Trees Real Talk, Why Nova Scotia Loves Real Christmas Trees, will be released on November 20th, where we will explore other knowledgeable producers' stories and experiences. Do you want to know more about the Christmas tree industry and where you can pick up your Nova Scotia famous Christmas tree? Visit the CTCNS website at iloverealtrees.com, ctcns.com, and their social media outlets. I'm Jillian Blackburn from the Christmas Tree Council of Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening in on our first episode of the series, Real Trees, Real Talk. Catch you all in a couple weeks.